here comes my bride All dressed in white So beautiful Such a heavenly sight God has chosen For you to be my wife And I'm more, more than satisfied Let me tell you, girl It's no surprise That you and I Would be so in love Ready to be Just since we were kids So let's not waste another moment Baby, won't you take my hand
for joining me today for the Gospel Express. Tonight, I have a very special guest. I had the opportunity and the privilege to be a part of his show a few months ago. Now, I've invited him back to the Gospel Express. Tonight, we're going to be talking about, I know it's the holiday season, but we got to talk about it. We're going to be talking about relationships once again with Minister John Ross. How are you doing, sir? I am blessed and glad to be here with you tonight, Miss Taylor. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, where where are you calling us from? First of all, where are you? In Wichita, Kansas. Wow. And how's the weather there in Wichita? Wichita, we are known as Tornado Alley. So yeah. the weather is kind of up and down, you know, which is not bad. Um, mm-hmm. During the wintertime, it, it's... Um, it gets cold at nighttime, but it warms up into the 40s, 50s, 60s, sometimes during the daytime. The mm-hmm. only problem with that is sometimes when it comes springtime and summer, we kind of pay for it with some bad storms. But other than that, it's it's very comfortable. Okay. Yeah. Were you born and raised there in Wichita? No, I have lived here in for 20 years. Actually, I was born mm-hmm. in Quincy, Illinois, and raised mm-hmm. in uh, what is called the Quad Cities, which is like Rock mm-hmm. Island, Illinois, and Davenport, Iowa. And they're kind of like right across the bridge from one another. So it's called mm-hmm. the Quad Cities, and that's where I was raised in the Quad Cities. Okay, great. Now, tell me about your ministry there in Wichita. Well, I am the lead minister and founder of the Omega International Prophetic Ministries, which is an online ministry that the Lord gave me to start about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. I am the creator and host of the Let's Talk to the Lord Gospel Radio Talk Show. And, and can we I add am, the award-nominated? Yes, and award-winning, <laughs> actually. Oh, award-winning. and actually won a few awards. Okay. Yes, we won a few, and um, God has blessed us to be nominated for quite a few. So the Lord has blessed us over the years, and we've now added the Let's Talk to the Lord gospel radio station that's 24-7 playing gospel music, talk, your news, your express, and and all kinds of, of good things that are going on on the radio station. Well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations, and um much more continued success, okay, with your, you. with your ministry. Now, I know uh, a few months ago when I was a guest on your show, we were talking about relationships, about being uh, single, uh, trying to be single, saved, and stay sassy. Is that the thing? Is that what we're talking about? Like yes, tonight, right I in our relationship. Yes, absolutely. I want to uh, kind of talk about, and, and we've talked about this, you know, off air, uh, that a lot of people in the church today uh, are in multiple marriages. Uh, we were talking about different people that we know. I know at least two people that are on their fifth and sixth marriage, and they're not even 50 years old yet. What do you think is the main reasons for failed marriages today? Amen. That is a very good question. And, Ms. Nina Taylor, it is, again, indeed a good honor and privilege to be with you and your listening audience once again. I'm going to reference back to the Christ in Relationships episode on the Let's Talk to the Lord Gospel Radio Talk Show in answer to this question. 
So I must say again, relationship with Christ has to be the foundation of all of our relationships as well as friendships. Christ Jesus teaches what God loves and wants from us. He teaches what is acceptable and unacceptable. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, he sanctifies us, he purifies us, and gives us balance. So I must say with the deepest and most sincere convictions, before we enter into covenant with each other, whether that's a friendship, courtships, engagements, and finally a marriage that we should be in relationship and covenant with God through Christ Jesus because they are the solid foundation. So the failure is in not having a relationship with God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and with God the Holy Spirit. Come on, everybody, just raise your worship. Come on. Come on, jump a little bit louder, raise your words. Millions of words can describe the feeling I have down inside. To contain it, so I'll simply say, Jesus, I love, I love you. I know that was like a practice round, but can y'all try to catch it and sing along with us? Come on, help me say millions here. Words can describe the feeling I have down inside. It's hard, it's hard to contain it, church. So, so I release my worship and simply say, Jesus, help me say it.
Okay, now, I know things have changed since, you know, I, I married very young, you know, yeah. very young, and I have been married more than one time. Um, things have changed a lot. I, I didn't have that whole teenage dating period, you know. I grew up in a very strict household. Actually, we lived with our grandparents, who are both pastors of our church, and there just wasn't a whole lot of us dating very young. I think I went on my first official date. I think I was 17 years old. And then three years later, I was married, you know, a married person. So what is it today? What is courting today? Does it still exist? Well, courting by definition is a period in a relationship that precedes engagement and marriage. Preceding meaning it comes before, and it's a phase whether or where people get to know each other before deciding to take the relationship to the next level. So courtship is done at the time we are sure the person we are interested in courting is someone we want to build a serious and enduring relationship with. It's an exclusive movement toward engagement. And it means that you are taking your relationship seriously and your main focus should be, is, or are we pleasing to God and how we as a couple can please God rather than just dating, which could be more about pleasing each other, meaning enjoying one another, getting to know one another. Um, so that is what uh, dating is about. So basically that is the foundation for a courtship. Okay. Now, recently, you know, I'm on social media a lot, mainly to promote my shows, my news. Uh, they have a, a an Instagram page entitled He Proposed. On that yeah. page, occasionally, you will see women proposing to men. Yeah. Now, the two that I, both of the men said absolutely no. Uh, I think it was because they felt like she was possibly trying to do his job. I think... You know, I think that when we do that, this is me personally, I think that we sort of take things away from the men, which in terms makes them not feel like men anymore. So what do you think? Are women, should they be proposing to men? Well, many would say, Sister Nina, that because of Proverbs 18 and 22, that mm -hmm. declares, whoso findeth a wife findeth yes. a good thing and obtaineth favor from Jehovah. And many interpret that proverb to literally mean a man should propose. Now, yes. what I say is that because God created man first, then made Eve and joined them together, in some cases I believe that's the reason by tradition that it happens in that way most of the time. However, mm -hmm. before the female takes that initiative to put mm -hmm. herself out there to do that, she should make sure that she has spent 
time with God and ensure that she has his confirmation and consent and acknowledgement because marriage is a very serious commitment and covenant that she should take not take lightly but very seriously and because she does not know what his response will be she will have time and consecration with holy spirit on his answer and be prepared for whatever will take place after the proposal
Well, that's true. You know, for me personally, and yeah, I'm old school to the bone. I would never propose to a man, not ever. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I do. I think it's his job to propose, and that's, that's where it is. Regardless of if I put the marriage bug in his ear, I'm sure anyone that would be proposing to me would know that that's what I want, right? Amen. <laughs> but, I, I, yeah, I, I totally disagree with women doing that. All right. Well, um, well again, I have to say, again, I know out of tradition that many look at the male as doing it. I don't see really anything wrong with a woman making that initial step if she's really serious and sure and has really – took time out with God, first of all, to really make sure that it's within his will. And then for her to go ahead and uh, if she gets that confirmation, then she's kind of prepared for, she's prepared herself for what's going to happen next. But if you kind of put it out there and you're not really sure where they are, you're not really sure uh, what God's will is, it could be a very hurtful situation if he says no. On the flip side of that, same thing could happen to a man if she says no. The very Amen. same thing. Yeah. Okay, let, let's let's flip the script a little bit. Uh, a couple of months ago, a friend of mine has been at a church for a very long time. Actually, since she was a child. She grew up, her pastor's older. You know, when she yeah. started there as a child, he was a man in his early 30s, you know, when she was a kid. So right now, you know, we're all, you know, she's in her 40s, and he's probably in his 70s, if not close to it. Anyway, his wife of 40, 45 years, whatever it was, uh, passed away maybe like five years ago. She was the first lady of that church for many, many years. And he just out the blue one day announced to the church that he was getting remarried. And everybody was like, what? You know, <laughs> you know, it comes to think of it, I don't think it's been five years. I think she said that maybe she had been deceased for maybe like a couple of years, like a few, maybe two or three, that he was going to um, marry. Now, is, it, is there some scripture that I'm missing that says that a pastor should always be married? And in that situation, should he remarry? Well, in First Timothy the third chapter, the first through the seventh verse, one of the qualifications mm -hmm. of a pastor is to be a husband of one wife, and he mm -hmm. must be faithful to his wife. Now, in 1 Corinthians, the seventh chapter, in the eighth verse, Paul declares, Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried, meaning there is honor in purity. And there is a special anointing upon those who keep themselves pure with God through Jesus Christ. Also, he was referring to um, being more committed to God without having to split or balance family life and God ministry, covenant, and commitments. However, there is benefits of being married and having lived the experiences and gained the experiences of managing family life, especially when it comes to counseling others, because you will be ministering from a point of a place of experience rather than just textual or educational experiences. Mm -hmm. Because now you add the personal experiences, 
preferably having the testimony of successfully accomplishing ministry and family. But if, God forbid, there is a, a, a failure or a breakdown, a breakup or a divorce, the pastor still has that experience to be able to share and counsel members from the experiences and not to repeat any past failures. So either or can be beneficial. I believe there are some who want that as their standard for a pastor, but God does not necessarily have that law for everyone. In some cases, the pastor can choose to be married or unmarried. Wow. Okay. And you're coming straight out of Scripture with this. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, marriage was designed by God for two people to become one. Yeah. Is that still true today? I mean, do people look at marriage as, I'm going to become one with another person, that's why I'm marrying him? Do you think that this is something that, you know, things of the past, we, we say everything is old school. Is that old school or is it, or is it still valid today? Amen. That passage of Scripture is declared by the Apostle in Mark, the 10th chapter, and the 8th verse, which declares, and the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two but one. When I went to the Lord, Sister Taylor, for a better understanding on this passage of Scripture, I learned that this passage is speaking both naturally and spiritually. Spiritually speaking, the two are one through Christ Jesus, as I have stated throughout this interview. The two separately in relationship with God through Christ Jesus and his have sought the Lord about becoming married and has their blessing and they reign as one. As they reign as one, the two are one with them. Amen. There is power in oneness. There is power in proximity. John 17 and 22, which declares, I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one just as we are one in them and you in me, and that they may be perfected and completed into one, so that the world may know without any doubt that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you loved me. A strong marriage will have unity with our Father God, God the Holy Spirit, and Christ Jesus. The strength is in proximity and oneness with them. Now, on the natural side, the two are made one by act of sexual intimacy, and from that intimacy, children are born. Thus, the two are one by the birthing of a child. That passage of scripture is not only referencing knowing one another's thoughts or completing the other's sentences, etc. That can be a part of it, but there is a much deeper meaning to this word from the Lord. You have flesh in my flesh. Bone of my bone There's no one closer 
Marie. Um, quickly, and this is dodging just a little bit, uh, <laughs> do you think that a marriage can work? Uh, the Bible speaks about unequally yoked. What does that mean? You're Kojic, I'm Baptist. Uh, exactly what is your interpretation of that? Being unequally yoked. Yes. That would would come from um, a place of, um, I would say, maybe we can use for an example a person that is in relationship with God through Christ and then a person that is not um, in relationship. And so then that way you have one that's kind of leaning more to the world perhaps and, and, and the entrances the interests the interests are not the same within the two. So then you have an unbalance there. And so I know the scriptures do declare that, you know, the wife the unwife, unsaved wife sanctifies husband, um the the husband sanctifies the unsaved wife. Again, we cannot take that literally. We have to go back to what I've been saying throughout this interview. That is if that it is in the will of God that they marry, then the Holy Spirit is going to be that balancing power. Why do I say that? Because we do know now without a shadow of a doubt that at some point God is going to bring him into the fold. God's going to bring him into relationship. So she just has to maintain her faith and wait on the Lord to make them an even couple because that's the will of God. So that is is what it means to be unequally yoked. When one is kind of going in one direction, the other one is kind of going in the opposite direction. And in some cases, as they, the old saying goes, opposites do, do attract. But again, we want to live according to the will of God. So before anybody makes that step, you definitely want to be solid in your relationship with God and know for a fact before you take that relationship to the next level that the Lord is going to save him and is going to bring him into the royal family. That sounds great. I know in my church and in other family members' church, there's a lot of people, including myself, that have been married more than one time. I, I, I know that you've noticed that too. Is it, <laughs> is it okay that people are getting married multiple times in the church? Well, in Mark, the 10th chapter, Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses was allowed to write a certificate of divorce. God hates divorce. God's intentions are until death do we part. However, that's not always the case, and that is definitely not how today's society operates. Because of the disobedience in the garden, amen, um, today in, we in today's society kind of behave much like they did in the day of Moses. However, God is a forgiving God. He is a God of mercy, and he is the God of second chances. But, Sister Taylor, there has to be a time, praise God, when we reach the understanding of 
intentional and unintentional sinning. There has to be a season where we really come into true, real relationship with God and Christ, and we will begin to walk in obedience, in truth, according to God's word. And when that happens, the divorce rate will decrease. So instead of increasing, we will find that the divorce rate will begin to decrease. So with that in mind, I cannot give you a number that God would find acceptable for me to say because divorce should not be intentional, but divorce should be the very last resort or solution. Well, I agree with that. I I felt like it was, at least in my case. Hallelujah. To a rugged cross, my Savior bear my sins, my replacement took my place, my provider. Now I have, come on, my Redeemer. Sent to a rugged cross, my Savior bared my sins, my replacement took my place, my provider, now I have. Just to know it. From the dead, awesome ruler, crucified, hope of glory. One day, I am grateful. He loved me enough. Just to know him. to know it.
dance for me. And I don't know why. By the Father's only Son. Say Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Just to know Him. Just to know Him. Just to know Him. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, the Son, the Son of the living God. How many glad to know Him for yourself? If you're glad that you know Him, lift your hands and say, Just to know Him. second chances he un- he understands that we we're born in the flesh and 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 he understands that however there really has to be a day in our lives that we really decide that we want to truly we truly want to live right we truly want to do what's right we truly want to get to know god we truly want to be obedient and find our created purposes and leave, live those purposes out and we want to do that seriously so once we do that and we begin to take god seriously and we really begin to live according to the word again we will see a decrease in divorces okay i believe that too all right final question um, for me, my husband is the head. There's no question of that. He's the head of our yeah. home. What does that mean exactly? He's the head. He's the boss. He pays all the bills. I mean, what does that mean exactly? Okay. Well, in Scripture, we do understand that that God owns everything. And that's in Psalm 24 and 1, 1 Timothy, the first, fourth chapter, the third through the fifth verse. And then we know that money um, is about discipline. And that's Matthew, the 6th chapter, the 24th verse, Luke, the 12th chapter, and the 34th verse. Mm-hmm. Money is a part of worship. Okay. So we have mm-hmm. to fight for contentment concerning our finances. God mm-hmm. placed the man as the head of the house. But that means that relative to rank, man is the caretaker, protector. He should be the driving force of relationship with God and Christ, meaning uh, he should steward that with the family and discipline the children, etc. But 
relative to finances, I think that the answer will vary from person to person. Some mm-hmm. will have an issue with it and some will not. I think to give a balance to the household finances, both need to be a contributing factor in whatever means that are possible. The devil can make it an issue if some some households in some households, but again, both should contribute and play a part in whatever means are available to the best of their abilities. Now, more than who earns the most, meaning there is no laziness involved, but if she is educated or found a job paying higher wages, praise God. But Mm -hmm. he needs to be stepping up in every way he can because I have seen it, you have seen it. We all know that Satan can use this as a point of disagreement, and this can be used as fighting words in a disagreement. I make more, so on and so forth, to belittle a person. So I think that this is a prayer point that needs to to be prayed about and discussed before the marriage because low finances can lead to separation or divorce just as quick as unfaithfulness. All right. Um, Can I ask you this? This this is sort of a personal question. Are you married now? No. Okay. All right. Have you ever been married? Yes. Okay, great. All right, in the church today, it seems that the divorce rate, uh, I remember somebody telling me, and this was on an interview a couple years ago, that the divorce rate in the black church was actually around 70%. That's more than the national average. Why are we getting divorced more than anyone else? I believe that that is the enemy that is attacking the family. He is doing everything. This goes all the way back. I always tell people that that it's it's not about just you and myself, but this Mm -hmm. goes all the way back to the beginning when God created man and when Mm -hmm. Satan was cast out of heaven. He has a vengeance against God. He has a vengeance against God's creation. And because he does rule in this earth, according to God's command, um, that is what his number one goal is, is to kill, steal, and to destroy. And he wants to destroy the family. That is what his job is. But again, God is saying, and this is going back to... um, when I had answered the question a little bit earlier when I was talking about that one one day we have got to really, really get serious about God. And, And we go back to if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear. I will hear them from heaven, and I will heal the land. And Mm -hmm. that is what we need. We need a healing right now. The kingdom Mm -hmm. needs a healing. The church needs a healing. But the Mm -hmm. enemy has launched warfare against the kingdom of God. He has launched 
warfare against the church, and he is doing everything in his power to tear up the family, and that is that final foundation to why the marriages are so high, or excuse me, the divorce rates are so high. Okay. All right. That that's some interesting talk, and you know I want to talk about this again as we're coming up on to February, the big month of relationships. You know we've got Valentine's Day coming up, and we're yeah. going to be talking more about Christ-centered relationships here on the Gospel Express. All right, um, Minister Ross, I thank you so much for being on the show again. Can you tell people how they can get in contact with you? Yes, you can reach me at Let's Talk to the Lord at Yahoo.com. You can reach me at Let's Talk to the Lord Radio dot International. And we do have a app. If you go to your app play store and you put mm-hmm. in Let's Talk to the Lord Radio, our app will come up. We also have pages on Facebook. We have a like page on Facebook for the Let's Talk to the Lord Gospel Radio Talk Show. We have a group mm-hmm. page on Facebook for working on the Let's Talk to the Lord Gospel Radio Talk Show. And for the ministry, we have the Omega International Prophetic Ministries like page you can message me at any one of those pages or email me at let's talk to the lord at yahoo.com okay once again i do thank you so much for being on the show and we're going to talk again in the months to come thank you sir amen have you ever been broken
back together again Fearfully, wonderfully laid And with the fruit of my lips 